Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here, live in Living Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kino McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Old Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch other, our other five live shows throughout the week. You have to miss them. You can watch them and listen to them back at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Old Chicago app today. Also, you can follow Sports Old Chicago on all social media platforms. Just find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports Old Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the podcast of Second City Sports? You can do so by subscribing to War or Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. W-A-R-R on Anchor on those podcast platforms. And you can follow War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any opinions or thoughts or concerns or questions during our two-hour extravaganza we call a sports radio show, you can do so by subscribing, by going to Sports on Chicago on Facebook. We're back on Facebook, folks, Yay. and Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll or do something stupid. Or just flat out being a jackass, I've given Lakina full boat to give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye bye. Hello, <laughs> she says that. <laughs> uh, guest menu for today's show. At the bottom of the hour, we'll have a good friend of the show from ESPN Radio 1000 in Chicago and ABC 7 Chicago Sports, Miss Dion Miller, will hop on with us to preview tonight's game three between the Bulls and the Bucks in the NBA playoffs. That best of seven series is tied up at a game apiece. And at during the next hour, we'll have our girl, our hometown girl from KXRB Radio, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Miss Christine Manica, for her bi-weekly commentary on sports, entertainment, and more. So that's our guest menu for today. Lakina, tonight is the night that the Bulls fans have been waiting for for five years, a home playoff game at the United Center. The Chicago Bulls will host the Milwaukee Bucks in game three of that first-round series. Tip-off is tonight at 7.30 p.m. You can watch that game on ABC, folks. Not ESPN, not NBA TV, not bootleg cable. <laughs> regular regular ABC, okay? 
If you don't get that channel, that means you didn't pay your bill or you just flat out stupid. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Lakina, our, our quick review of game uh, game game two win for the Chicago Bulls uh, on Wednesday. Uh, they, uh, my personal opinion, they benefited from the extra day off between games one and two. The Bulls defeated the Bucks one fourteen to one ten. Demar Derozan had another uh, historic game uh, with forty one points. Uh, he bound not to shoot that badly again from game one, and he was correct on that. Nikolai Vucevic had a better game with 24 points and 13 rebounds. He was active on the glass, and he got his shots going from behind the arc, shooting four of eight. Uh, off the bench, Javante Green had 14 out of 14 minutes. He had two points and five key rebounds. And Ayo Dusumu uh, had some key stops uh, in seven minutes of action later that game. On the flip side for Milwaukee, Lakina, Giannis Antetokounmpo did his thing with 33 points. Chris Milton started to come on at the end of the third period. He had 18 points for the game, uh, for five for seven shooting from downtown before he sprained his MCL. That's a big storyline going into this game tonight and for the rest of the series. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And Bobby, Bobby Portis, who's also injured, had uh, six minutes of action on two, on Wednesday, had two points to two rebounds. Lakina, I was shocked that I saw the halftime score with the Bulls 63-49 uh, to 49 lead. Uh, just like most pe logical people, I thought they were going to get their asses blown out in game two. I thought that game one was the game that, that, that they had to win and they didn't get it, but they turned it on in that fourth quarter. You knew Milwaukee was going to make a run. They did in that third quarter, but the Bulls turned on that pressure defense, in particular Alice Caruso. They started making shots. The Bulls' big three played outplayed Milwaukee's big three, and they earned that game two win on yes, the road. They did. Yes, they did. And I think this is you know, for confidence purposes. I think mm -hmm. yeah, I can say yeah, I can say that could be easily up you know two zero, but that's you know that's a whole another uh, discussion for another topic. But I think. This made people realize that look, this is the Bulls team that we saw early in the season. The you know, the team that kind of put up that fight, that that tenacity, that you know total team effort. And I I think I don't want to say that they did that the Bucks felt this way, but I think they kind of had that the mentality that oh you know what the Bulls haven't been playing well lately, and oh you know hey oh well you know they've lost like you know sixteen or last seventeen or something like that, and you know they had their number the Bucks did, and you know they thought oh well we'll just gonna you know roll over and you know. And they'll, they'll they'll roll over, but you know, Steve roll the Bulls. I don't know if they, I don't know if that was their intention. I don't know if they did feel that way, but I think that was. It seemed like that was kind of the mentality. And I think the Bulls, you know, told them like, hey, you know what? Hey, we're still a pretty good team. I mean, you know, forty-one points for DeRozan. That's happened. I think like you know the third time in history that has happened that a Bull has done that. Of course, MJ's one. Mm -hmm. The other, of course, was D Rose, and the fact that he you know got the you know, clutch points in the in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Vooch made some, you know, key shots. Caruso showed, you know, we, sh you know, we see why that, you know, Caruso is such a big part of this team, mm -hmm. you know, especially defensively. You saw, you saw, you know, Joe, you're actually, you also contributed in other ways as well. DeSumo had, you know, a couple of key stops. And then Zach, Zach, you know, we saw a little bit of Zach. I mean, you know, he had 20 mm -hmm. points, but he, you know, he was, he had some, you know, clutch shots late. Also, P will make some, uh, you know, key defensive stops and is going to key, uh, Block and such. So, yeah, a total team effort by the Bulls. Like I said before, I'm sure the UC is going to be rocking tonight. It's been five years since the Bulls have hosted a playoff game. And if you saw their social media, they do you know, their social media people do a great job. You can tell that, you know, there's going to be a lot of noise. Plus, it's also going to get the ABC treatment. So, it's going to be sort of the key game on ABC. So, you know, I think the, the, the UC is going to be rocking tonight. <laughs> it's Friday night. The mood is right. We're going to have some fun. Show you how it's done. TGIF. <laughs> oh, 
brothers. <laughs> no family matters check. tonight. No full house. No step by step. You get Bulls basketball in your face tonight on network television. Um, Lakina, I don't know if you caught the comments of Demar Derozan following the game two win on Wednesday. He was talking with the guys from inside the NBA on TNT, and he mentioned, I believe, that he was answering. Um, uh, Ernie Johnson's question about uh, what was the adjustments that the Bulls made from games one and two. He said that they had a little team meeting with the extra day in, in between games one and one and two from Sunday to Wednesday. He said everybody had to look themselves in the mirror and, and challenge themselves uh, to uh, play much better, and which the Bulls did. They knocked down their shots and they were more consistent with moving the basketball around. And DeMar DeRozan, when the, once the Bulls uh, went back to Milwaukee on, late on Tuesday night, he went into Fiserv Arena and put up some shots. Remember, we saw film of this early in the season, even after a win uh, against the Orlando Magic, I believe, and DeRozan missed the free throw. He stayed uh, after the game at the United Center to 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 work on his free throws. That shows you the leadership and the hunger that he has to get better, and just hopefully it trickles down to the to the rest of, of the guys. And what I noticed from DeRozan from games one and two. DeRozan was 6 of 25. He didn't get to the free throw line as much. He got to the free throw line nine times in game two and made all nine of his free throws. So he was very aggressive. Hope he, he keeps that up. But other guys will have to continue to step up like Zach Levine and Vooch. And Kobe White, let's not forget about him. In his first playoff game on Sunday in game one, he had a good performance with 16 points. He struggled in game two, but he needs to pick it up tonight. Well, hopefully playing at home in front of the fans will, will have his confidence return. Yeah, I hope so, too, because I think they're going to really need him if they are going to try to pull off this upset. So, and plus, also, too, with the militant injury, we'll talk this more with Dion in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's really, you know, kind of even as a playing field. And, look, you saw what happened even before Milton got hurt. I mean, the Bulls mm-hmm. were right there, you know, in game one, if they had just made some, you know, adjustments and such. So, it, it was right there from them from the take. But also, too, I think with, with Kobe White, I think Io, I think we saw a little bit of that. And also, too, with, you know, with Derrick Jones Jr. and Javante Green and all those guys. I mean, they sort of, you know, they need guys to step up and, and everything because in the playoffs, you really need those guys to kind of help you, especially if you're trying to, you know, I think people are starting to notice that, hey, you know, this Bulls team is actually pretty good. So I think, look, we got to get, you know, get to it because we got to talk about the rest of these games. We'll talk about the rest of stuff with mm-hmm. Dion, But, you know, but I, I feel like the Bulls have a shot. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to win the series or anything like that, but I think they have a chance. And we're going to see, you know, with the rest of some of these games, from last night and you know a couple nights before, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Now going into the rest of the the playoffs, uh, we'll start with uh, last night's games for a second. Uh, Memphis came, you know, Memphis came back for I think for what nineteen down they outscored twenty five at one point. Yeah, and uh, they, I think they scored like I think they outscored the T Wolves like fifty, you know, fifty to ten in those last like few minutes. And it, I know Chris Finch, this is. You know, he didn't make the finalists for, for coach of the year, but, you know, some are questioning his decisions. You wonder, like, after, especially when the Grizzlies started making that run, why didn't he take that time out after, like, maybe it was, like, 15-0 run or something? That way they could have sold everything down. Because you can kind of tell that you know, they were taking a lot of, you know, bad shots the T-Wolves had. And I think Anthony Edwards, you know, got banged up. So I think that sort of, you know, kind of started that Riley as rally. You know, I can't see how, I can't talk to him <laughs> for some reason as well. But, uh, you know, it was sort of one of those things where you just like, I don't know, that was probably one of the strangest playoff games I've ever seen. Yeah, remember, Lakina, during our last show on Monday, of course, the Memphis got stunned on their home court last Saturday in game one. Of course, they rebounded with a big win in game two. But last night, uh, as I said on our last show on Monday, somebody else needs to help out John Morant 
if Memphis wants to move on to the next round. Desmond Bain did that last night with 26 26 points in 40 minutes of action, including 7-15 for three-point range. Steven Adams, who I, who I thought was going to step up, uh, the coach decided not to play him last night. It didn't hurt him, as uh, but Memphis ended up winning that ball game anyway. John Moran had 16 points uh, with another triple-double, 10 rebounds and 10 dimes. And also Jaron Jackson Jr., and even though it was uh, limited action, he had some key blocks down the stretch. He had two uh, for the game He with, with six points to seven rebounds. Yes, he was in foul trouble, but he was a key anchor in the middle for the Grizzlies defensively uh, in their comeback. And Kyle Anderson, he had he had four points and three assists and three rebounds, but he made some great plays defensively down the stretch as well. So, well, as you mentioned, Minnesota, they, uh, they – who pooed uh, down the middle of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. Memphis, with tough defense, uh, got back in, into the game. And that's what they've been in no for uh, throughout their uh, short, not short, short, but throughout their uh, history of their franchise. And uh, with John Moran at the helm, uh, they started to uh, pick up back, pack up that attitude. And you saw that last night. Yeah, I think you saw a little bit about the, you know, the Memphis team that people have been seeing all mm-hmm. season long. You know, the, some like I said before, in the last couple of shows, some people are actually picking Memphis to get, get to the NBA Finals. We'll get to why you know, some people feel that way in a second. But I think mm-hmm. if you're Memphis, I think you got to you know feel really confident going into Game Four. Now, as far as the T Wolves are concerned, I mean, look, you had your shot to perhaps I maybe mean, try and get the mm-hmm. you know probably take the not necessarily take the control of the series, but sort of you know get ahead of that and get the momentum going to Game Four. But you you, you wet the bed, if you will. So you give the Grizzlies credit for the win, but yeah, you know T Wolves, you know they need to get some. They, they need to get like some side eyes as well for basically blowing that lead. You know, there, there was no, you know, eight, you know, a, you know, 19 point lead or 20, it was 25 at one point. Really mm-hmm. crazy. Now, yeah, going to, yeah go just ahead. real quick, Carl Anthony Towns was in foul trouble. He had another bad game with only eight points in 33 minutes of action. That's not going to get it done. Patrick no. Beverly from Chicago, he was an engine uh, starter, especially early in the game. He had 14 points. Uh, on the night, I know he shot out for five for three point range, but he got the Timberwolves going early. And D'Angelo Russell was the only consistent person from their team. He had ended up with 22 points. But Lakina, like you said, um, uh, their head coach uh, Finch uh, uh, calling timeouts, not calling timeouts. That was one of the things that kept them from winning this game. Now they lose home court. They got to win game four, or else it's over for them in a hurry. Yeah, totally. Going into the other game, the late game, we'll start with that one: Golden State and Denver. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of those Golden State teams that won those three championships. Um, you know, Draymond Green made a key, you know, steal against Jokic. You mm-hmm. guys saw that. I mean, that was that shows you why that Draymond has been named to all defensive team multiple times. He just showed you why with that steal against Jokic. <laughs> and look, and Steph, you know, Steph Curry actually you know, came from the bench because he's still a little you know banged up, but he had 27 points coming off the bench. You saw the you know, Jordan Poole is continuing, you know, sort of he's kind of like kind of veteran in the playoffs. He had 27 points. So I think the Warriors that look, I'm not going to some look our buddy, Matt Peck from CHGO said that, Hey, you know, don't count the Warriors just yet. And that's you know, we saw why last night. I believe Jordan Poor is the third player in Warriors history to score over yeah. 80 total points in, yep. in the first uh, three career playoff games. So like you mentioned, he had another big game last night. He had three uh, big three point shots that he made out of five attempts last night. And so he's one of those um, young nuclear guys that the Warriors are counting on going forward. He had another big game. Draymond Green, as you mentioned, uh, he's, he doesn't have the score. He does have the score in touch, but he's not what he once was because, because of age, but he still gives it to you defensively. He had 10 assists and five rebounds 
uh, to go along with those six points and along with that key steals you mentioned at the end. I saw that you knew that was coming. Uh, mm -hmm. you, if you heard Reggie Miller's analysis, uh, you knew that steal was coming. And when he took that ball away from the Juggers, he anticipated the play. You know what things are going to happen. You, you read the play, you execute. And that's exactly what happened with Draymond Green. Uh, uh, Andrew Riggins struggled a little bit, uh, unlike in games one and two. He had nine points, but that's okay. You'll take it once. Uh, you mentioned Steph Curry and Jordan Poole uh, uh, took the scoring load for the Warriors. And Andre Iguodala had four points and four key rebounds in his limited minutes of action off the bench. So this Warriors team is uh, have it going on right now. Well, let's not forget Clay Thompson. He had 26 points as well, including 6 of 13 from downtown. And so the Warriors are starting to get that groove back. And once Steph Curry's uh, foot started, hopefully it will start to get a little bit better. This team is dangerous. Now, I'm very disappointed in Denver on the flip side last yeah. night. We saw what happened uh, during game two. Will Barton and Demarcus Cousins yeah. uh, yelling back and forth with each other on the bench. It was called on camera. Yes, that happens. But uh, I think this was the Nuggets' best shot to get a game in this series. They may win on Sunday in game four, but... Uh, to really make it a series, they, they really had their shot last night, and they gave it away at home. They really did. They definitely, you know, Jokic, you know, did what he could, you know, 37 points led the way mm -hmm. for them. You know, Aaron Gordon had 18. Will, you know, Will Barton, you know, I mm -hmm. mentioned, had 13. But they need more more help. They need more help, and they're, yeah. they're not getting it right now from some of the other guys, from Cousins, from, you know, the, not, you know, the Greens. And, you know, it's just I, – I think there's rumors that they – you know, we talked about it during our NBA panel uh, preview that – they might break up the, this core, especially you know, with everything else. But I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting what what the, what what happens from here because I think you know Utah. I mean Denver. I should say. I mean, with all the injuries, I, I I don't honestly don't know what you can say at this point. But it is what it is. Now going into some of the other games, you'll know, be coming on tonight and through the well. Week, one more game we all wanted to break down. Uh, the the Utah oh, uh, oh Utah yeah, yeah. Utah and Dallas Dallas yeah Utah uh, and Dallas yeah Dallas just, has a two one series lead Luka they're Dantich, doing just fine without Luca so yeah mm -hmm. I don't know Carson. if he's coming back for game four but if I'm Jason Kidd I'll send him for at least one more game <laughs> well that's actually the worth is this is actually the Mavs' first game over the first win over uh, Utah tonight on the road in the Salt Lake City you got to go all the way back to 2016 regular season yeah. or or even playoffs so this is a big win for them like Jalen Brunson definitely you know stepped up you know 31 points mm -hmm. uh you know Sip Pisser did what he had you know his you know, playoff career high with 20 you know, yeah he had season. a big three-point shot yeah, uh, last just, night to uh to extend to extend that Mavericks league basically put the dagger in the jazz yeah, they, they really did. Our buddy Spiro Adidas uh, called that game mm -hmm. on NBA TV. Also, Maxi Kieber had uh, 17 off the bench. Also, too, you know, Davis Bertans had, you know, 15 points. Mm -hmm. And uh, Josh Green had, you know, had 12 points off the bench. So, yeah, so they're, they're getting contributions from a lot of guys. So, if you're Jason Kidd, if I, you know, like, I would say don't play. Try not to play Luka too much. Even if he does say he can play. Because I know they're up 2-1. But it looks like, you know, Dallas is doing okay without him. Yeah, speaking of another team that uh, we talked about that possibly will have a breakup, it's the Utah Jazz. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that team. We talked about it before, Lakina. I don't like the way they've played ever since the All-Star right. break. Yeah. Yes, Donovan Mitchell continues to carry that team, but who's going to be that next score? I know Bajanovic had a big game last night with 24 and to help out with Donovan Mitchell, who chipped in with 32. But who's going to be that third guy? And we just haven't seen that person step up for Utah all season long. I know Rudy Gobert had 15 and 7, 15.7 rebounds, but that's just not enough. And looking on the flip side for Dallas, uh, give credit to Jason Kidd. He has this team playing uh, very well defensively right now. 
and uh, maybe Utah will win game four, but uh, I think that's it for them. Uh, Dallas has full control of this series. This was their best – actually, game two was actually their best shot to go up 2-0, and then maybe they could have had that momentum going into mm-hmm. the going to game three, but unfortunately that is not being the case, and Dallas – it looks like Dallas might have you know taken control of that series. We'll see what happens there over the weekend. Now – Tonight's you know games along with you know, along with uh, Bulls and Bucks, you got the uh, the Heat and the Hawks. You know the Heat are up 2-0. I feel like this is sort of one of those you know you know series where you know I, Atlanta might win one of these next two at home, but I feel like Miami has control of this series. I feel like I'm with you. Trey Young needs to have a big game. Who else is going to step up to help him out? Will it be DeAndre Hunter? Uh, uh, will it be uh, somebody else that we haven't heard of before? John Collins. Somebody's got to help Trey Young because Trey Young's been shut down so far in the series. And Jimmy Butler on the flip side for Miami has stepped up. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. I know he's mad that he didn't make the finals for Defensive Player of the Year. You know, Marcus Smart has that award. And so Miami, as we talked about before, they're a very good defensive team. They've shown us so far in the first two games of this series. Yeah, and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if the Heat can take control of that series. Phoenix and the Pelicans, that's at 8.30 on ESPN. That series is now tied, and now Devin Booker will be out for a couple weeks with that hamstring. So, look, I mean, we've seen the Suns, you know, how much depth that they, they have. The fact that they've been without Bill Booker and CP3 for various times over the season. That's going to be the same case here. And if you're the Suns, you better you know try to win Game Three because you don't want to give the Pelicans any confidence, thinking that they have a chance to to win this series. Exactly for the Phoenix Suns, I'm looking for all team effort tonight. Chris Paul is going to start with him. Is going to trickle down to the rest of the guys. Cam Johnson, can he step up? Mikael Bridges. I'm looking for a big game or big games from DeAndre Ayton and JaVel McGee coming off the bench. And this is, I believe, their series for those two to dominate. I'm looking for DeAndre Ayton to dominate uh, inside the paint, especially scoring-wise. We saw what he did throughout the season. We saw what he did around this time last year as Phoenix made a surprise run to the NBA Finals. I'm looking for a big game for DeAndre Ayton tonight. I know uh, uh, Valachunas from New Orleans has had a, a nice series. I know yeah. Brandon Ingram's had a nice series from the small forward position from the Pelicans, but DeAndre, I'm looking for him to dominate tonight. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I feel like, you know, Brendan tried to, you know, CJ McCollum and Brendan Ingram, they've been a great tandem mm-hmm. for the Pelicans so far, along with Valen Chunas. I, I, if you're, like I said, if you're the Suns, you you better, you know, try and you know take control of it because, like I said before, you don't want to give them that confidence. So we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, now we got to take a really quick break. We got ABC7's Dion Miller, who will be re- Reporting for you know, Bucks and Bulls tonight, Game Three. Does a, do the Bulls have a shot of winning this series, especially now with Middleton now? Let's we'll ask her that and a whole lot more. And we'll even do a little more playoffs too to finish up the you know, the, the clips and maybe a uh, playoff series of the rest of the series. Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Second City Sports, Sportsville Chicago, and we'll see you in a bit. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrinkett had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. 
For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports Friday edition. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lagin here with you discussing the NBA playoffs. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. If you have any questions or comments uh, during for now 90 minutes of a, a we call a sports talk show extravaganza, you go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. We're waiting for Dion Miller from ABC7 Chicago and ESPN 1000 to hop on with us to preview tonight's game three between the Bucks and the Bulls. Lakina, while we have a little time left, uh, let's go to the other series in the Eastern Conference. Uh, right now, we'll put that on hold because right now, jo- joining us, she's a good friend of the show. She's from ESPN 1000, and she's from ABC7 Chicago Sports, the queen of ABC7 Chicago Sports, good friend of the show, the lovely and talented, the wonderful Miss Dion Miller. Dion, thank you so much Yay! for joining us. Welcome to the show. Yay! I'm so happy to see you guys. Sorry about that. I had just a little technical difficulties, but we're here. I'm glad to see you both. Um, It's game day. Are we ready for this? Yes. 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 Totally. It's TGIF, old school style. (laughs) No times, Bulls basketball in your face tonight on ABC7 starting at 7 o'clock with the NBA countdown. Of course, uh, uh, the game will take place at the United Center tonight at 7.30, also on ABC7 Chicago. Dion, before we break down game game three, preview game three, rather, uh, give us your take overall on the Bulls' performance in Milwaukee between games one and two. In my personal opinion, I think that the extra day helped them. Of course, DeMar DeRozan talked about it during his post-game presser, and he made a comment with the guys at TNT that – yeah, he took some extra shots when the Bulls got back to Milwaukee on Tuesday. He went into the arena and took on some extra shots. He did that. Uh, we saw that in film earlier this season. Um, he was practicing free throws after he missed a couple, even after a win. Yeah. It shows that the leadership and the heart and the desire that he has to get better. Uh, give, give us your take about the Bulls' performances through the first two games of this series. You know, after that first game, guys, I was, like everyone else, thinking that they blew a chance there. To, mm-hmm. try to, to, to try to win a game in this series and get the Bucks' attention. 
And I was like, oh, they're going to get swept. I mean, I truly, mm-hmm. I truly thought we were coming home down 02. Like I thought that's exactly what this was going to look like. And then the adjustments that they made, they really had the bucks on their heels and they were able to be aggressive defensively, but also get the offense to follow suit. We knew when DeMar said, we're never going to shoot six to 25. Like I'm never doing that again. That's not going to happen. I guarantee that's not going to happen again. And then he put in the work to do that. But he said, you know, they got footage of him at Fiserv. That's everybody was all excited about him shooting these shots. He's like, I've always done that. This is what I've always done. And mm-hmm. I think that his, his season has taught us that he's obviously getting better with age and with experience, but it's also taught us that he knows that everybody's watching him. He knows that those, his teammates are watching him, the young ones, especially, and he's teaching them how to be a pro. And in this moment, they need him to be who he is. Like, he's just really good after in the postgame presser. Somebody said, Damar, you know, you, you knew you were going to shoot better, but 41 points and Caruso's like, he's just, he's just really good. And mm-hmm. we need to know that, like, this is what Damar expects of himself night in and night out. Game one was an anomaly, blame it on the week off, whatever it was, but that gave them new life and new energy on Wednesday night. And I anticipate them building right off of that tonight. How, how much of a, a legitimate shot the Bulls have? Because now with Middleton being out for the Bucks. Yeah. What do you think the, their chances increase? You know, you know, can they extend it to maybe six or seven at the very least, and if not, win the series? I don't want to. I don't want to say that they're going to win the series. I don't think that they will. I think winning a game was huge for them because I wasn't sure that that was going to even happen. <laughs> you guys, the last what they the way they played since the All Star break, who, right. who gave us any indication that they were going to be able to show up when it matters? And a lot of those guys are learning how to win in the playoffs, learning what it looks like. Io's never been there. Kobe White's never been there. Like Zach's never been there. So they're, they're learning as they go. So their chances, I feel like tonight is what they need to capitalize on. They, I went back and looked, we all know well-documented haven't been in the playoffs since 2017. They haven't won a home playoff game since 2015. So none of these people, none of them know what it's like. The energy is going to be so electric in that building because it's just NBA is better when the Bulls are relevant. And so there's going to be a ton of energy there. Fans are so excited to see them in this moment. And I, I think this is their night to try to take one. I'd love for them to split this weekend. I mean, I, I truly would love for them to split mm-hmm. the weekend, make it a best of three, and then see what happens. Because I feel like that would be a victory for them. That's progress for this Bulls team. Most of this season, I think we all felt them being tied for first around the All-Star break was awesome. But what was more realistic and more reality for who this team is, is the way they've played here in the second half. They've been properly cast as a sixth seed, right? That's where they're at right now in this rebuild. But it's promising. It's optimistic. There's reason to feel like, okay, they've turned a corner. They're ready to be competitive in the East regularly. And this is just a tiny bit of that foundation. ABC7 Chicago's and ESPN 1000's Dion Miller is joining us right here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. Sayla Aquina here with you live in 11 Colon Sports on Chicago. Dion, let's talk about one of the acquisitions that uh, the AK and GM Mark Everson made over the summer. And his name is Alex Caruso. I watched him with mm-hmm. the Lakers, and he was a pass, and he gave that team a much defensive energy, especially during their title run in 2020 in the bubble this year before he got hurt uh, he he brought the same intensity to the bulls and he was one of the main reasons why they got out to that hot start but now his value has shown up in the playoffs through these first two games mm-hmm. and talk to us about his impact on the team so far not just the season but through the first two games of this series it's hard to quantify it sydney honestly because 
the the way that they play defensively when he's on the floor, the spark that he provides, he also does it, right? Like he's not mm-hmm. he's not just there sparking everybody else. Like he's setting that tone, but they follow his lead. They wait for him to do that. And he's impressed me so much. I mean, you knew he had that ability, but you mm-hmm. saw it more when he was gone and and how they struggled when he was when he was sidelined and when he, as soon as he came back, just his mere presence on the floor, I think is is helping the rest of the team to play that kind of aggressive defense that he does. But he's also so smart. I mean, he took that charge the other night and you could just, when they slowed it down, you could see how he, you could see it developing in his brain. He's like, I'm going to get this call. And he just sets himself up for it. You know what I mean? It's amazing to watch it kind yeah. of unfold that way. And, and it's hard to say just how much, how great of an impact that's had, especially now. And he's got the postseason experience. He understands what this what this time of year means, and he also understands that it's one game. It's one game at a time. It's not getting ahead of himself. He's not he's not beyond that. He's like, okay, great, we did this one time. We now have to do it again, and that's what he's teaching those guys around him to do. And I think on and off the floor, his value has shot up tremendously in this in these just in this last two games. And you mentioned like AK bringing him in and. Isn't it incredible how in two short years that AK has won our trust and devotion and everybody's like, Oh, I believe him. If he doesn't want to touch the chemistry on this team, I I trust him. I think they're going to do well. It's just mind blowing to me that 30 years of Gar and Pax and all anybody wanted was for them to, was to believe in them. And in two years, in two years, we trust this guy. (laughs) Our team. I think it's just incredible. It says a lot about, what he's building for uh, for the future and, and keeping the Bulls relevant for a long time. Our buddy Nomad said Caruso is a jumper cable, so I think he definitely is <laughs> he that, is. that <laughs> Now, uh, let's talk about Vooch, because I've had to defend Vooch a lot on Bulls Twitter, uh, Dion. It, it's, it's absurd. So She's on there but, way more than I am, Dion, just for the record. <laughs> right, that is true. That is true. Now, how much how much of a, a big, you know, pickup has he been? And also, too, especially, I know he's had some, you know, his, you know, his quips here and there, but how great of an addition has he been for the squad? He has been good, but when he's been bad, he's been real bad. And that's why you have to defend him so much. Like, you know, yeah. I appreciate yeah. the effort because I'm a big Vooch fan. I'm a big fan of him. And I, he's a reason that Damar is here. He's a reason he stood up and said, this is a place where we can win. And he's like, he's a big reason. That, that the team is where they're at right now. He was a huge acquisition. He has provided so much. And he has, he's been in big series too. He gets it. He's got that experience, that swagger that um, that you want from a guy like that. And he's able to contribute inside and out. And, and it just needs to be consistent. But again, he had, the big three had a great night on Wednesday night. And that's what needs to continue. And I'm so anxious to see how that changes once they're home, where they, where they're used to playing, where they're, where they're uh, confident, even more confident, especially having the crowd on their side. Wednesday night wasn't just winning a playoff game. That was the first time all season that they've beaten a team with a winning record. Like that, that, that's a big deal, guys. That's, that's something that needs to be noted. They, all we talked about was how abysmal they were against winning teams. They finally do it when it counts. That, that has to give them a boost too. I felt like throughout the last second half of that season, that was always in their head. Every time they played Philly, every time they played Milwaukee, every time they played New Jersey, like they all we talked about was that they can't beat a winning team, can't beat a winning team, can't beat a winning team. Well, they did it. So now it's just a matter of capitalizing on that starting tonight. And speaking of the Bulls big three, let's talk about Zach Levine. Yes, he had mm-hmm. 18 points a game when he struggled, but I thought he did better even though he scored 20 points. Uh, what do you expect from him uh, – coming up uh, during games three and four over the weekend here in Chicago. And do you think that the Bulls will give him a max contract uh, over the summer? 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But back to my previous statement, I trust AK and what their vision is. I think they like him a lot. I, I think there's reason to love him and love his commitment to this team, to this city, and and wanting to be a part of this. And at that game one, I, I have to – yes, they had a week off, but he's never been to the postseason. Like, not ever. And it's what it was so talked about. Like, he was the best player on a losing team, right? But that's best yeah. player with a losing record, best player with a losing record. That gets in your head. It has to. It has to. And so then when everybody else is struggling, it just highlights it even more that it was just that game one was just awful. It was gross. It was the worst. It was the worst game they could have played. But I feel like Zach is he is he may not he I don't know if they'll get I don't think they'll give him a max deal just because he's not the guy who makes everybody around him better. He's not that guy. DeMar DeRozan is that guy. And, And Zach isn't that and I don't know if Zach's ready to be that alpha male leader that they are going to need him to be for a long time he's great in the role that he has right now to compliment I just don't know if he's got everything to be that guy um but he he is key to their success right now and I think he's key to their success moving forward I'm just not sure he can he can demand that max money for the role that he is he can play even at his best that's that's what I'm assessing at the moment but there's so much left of his career, so much left of what he can do, just getting this experience in the postseason. I felt like after he played in the Olympics, he came back with a different vibe, a different confidence. I think that changed him. So the playoffs, I think, is going to do that too. And so he's he's got a lot of growth in his career that can maybe get to that point. I just feel like where he's at right now, this is this is like he's properly suited for that mo- this in this moment to play the role that he is. How impre- well I know he hasn't played very well in the you know, he actually did okay he had did contribute in the you know in game two but how impressive has Io Sumo been throughout the season I mean we have a tr- you know, sort of a steal for a can never say speed yeah. how, how, what, how do you feel about Io I'm such a big fan of Io the way he plays the way he carries himself the way he represents our city that it matters to him it means so much to be in a Bulls uniform and and it's incredible because we took the family to a game a couple weeks ago, the Toronto game towards the end of the season. It was a great game. It was so much fun. And my son went in um, to it talking about he loving Kobe White. I mean, he loved Kobe White. And he left and he was like, I don't know if I like DeMar or Io better. Like he just, it, it just, Io has that <laughs> presence and he's getting, getting kids attention in our city and, and he's winning fans with his play. He's relentless. He's not arrogant. He's incredibly humble. He gets where he's at. He's learning on the job. And we've seen him grow so much this season. I just have been very, very impressed. The moments don't seem too big for him. He hasn't had the start to the playoffs that we expected. But think think about it. Think about that that there were kids in the NCAA tournament older than Io Desumu, right? Like he's he's mm-hmm. ahead of where he for where his age is. So he's gonna just need some more time. But I agreed. What a steal and what a, what what a smart pick because of the heart that he has for this team and this city. And you know that you're going to get your absolute best from him. And that's that's what you, you gets everybody on their feet. That's you, you want to cheer for a guy like that. Dion Miller from ABC7 Chicago and from ESPN 1000 in Chicago is joining us on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color Sports Zone Chicago. Cecilia Lakini here with you talking about the Bulls and the Bucks game three tonight at 7:30 on ABC7 Chicago. Dion, let's go uh, stick with with the Bulls. I want to talk with you about Patrick Williams. He struggled in game one. He had a, a big performance in game two with 10 points and nine rebounds in 32 minutes of action. Uh, even though he's missed the majority of the year due to various injuries. Talk about his impact because I thought he was one of the underrated keys of, to a Bulls winning game two on Wednesday. 
the defense he's playing on Giannis is mm-hmm. unreal. He is frustrating the MVP of the league. <laughs> and you can see it. And it's impressive. There were a couple of possessions where I would just kind of isolate, just watch him and watch what he was doing. And he was just playing smart, sound defense. And all season, what did, what did we say when the Bulls struggled? Well, wait till they get healthy. Wait till they get healthy. And then mm-hmm. they did towards the very end. And it was like, okay, I don't notice the difference. And now I feel like we're starting to see it. Patrick Williams is coming into his own. He can be so good. He can be so good. But again, he's so young. And you see moments where you're like, he's going to be so solid for the future. He's just learning as he goes. And so that's that's where we have to get back to reminding ourselves and fans and everybody that it's still a rebuild. It's still being rebuilt. And they have strong pieces right now. They have more of a cornerstone foundation, or I guess a triangle with the big three, a triangle of foundation, <laughs> but they, but it's still being like, it's still being built. And I think Patrick Williams is going to be a big part of that just with the confidence he's gaining. I mean, think about coming into the year with such excitement and, and so, so much energy and we're getting back to normal and I'm on the floor. And I mean, boom, his season is gone. And so he's been waiting and waiting to get back. So he's still, He's still recovering from all of that and and trying to be the player that they want him to be. I think he can be. I think we've seen moments of that. But again, his, it starts with defense for him, and he's been so great. Um, and I expect more of it this weekend. Uh, last question for me, Dion. Now, who else outside of you know the big three and you know P. Will and Caruso? Who else has to step up for how the Bulls you know have a chance to perhaps you know, upset the Bucks to take the series? You know, Derrick Jones Jr., Devontae Green, Tristan Thompson, he hasn't really contributed, you know, much mm-hmm. these first couple of games. So who else do you think needs to step up? You guys, I'm really on board with Kobe White and the way he played in game one. Like, what was happening when he, like, was a big part of that run that they went on and the way that he played with confidence and kind of took took that moment for himself. I, I just felt like that that his his contribution off the bench is going to be big and and for him to gain that confidence and then work with Io I think those two can be a, a big reason why they can win another game or even two in the series they're going to need the depth to step up and I'm I'm expecting Kobe to have another uh, kind of a repeat performance from game 1 I think that he needs to do that to bolster the the back end of this roster and and those guys coming off the bench and be that be that glue that can kind of give those give the starters a breather and then bring those bring that second unit along. I think they need more from him for sure. Last moment or two with Dion Miller of ABC Seven and uh, ABC Seven Chicago and ESPN <laughs> One Thousand Chicago right here on Second City Sports. Silly can here with you on Sports on Chicago. Uh, Dion, you were there at Hallis Hall earlier this week with the Bears mini cab. I'll call it uh, organized flag football. I know the <laughs> new head coach Matt Eberflus <laughs> uh, is trying to implement his program with along with new GM Ryan Poles. Oh. Uh, from the outside looking at, I like the way so far that Matt Eberflus's message is you you're going to be held accountable because we saw the way the Bears played under old head coach Matt Nagy. Uh, talk to us about what was his message uh, to the team this week. Uh, even though a few, few veterans decided not to show up or, or they showed up late, uh, talk to us about uh, Matt Eberflus's message to the team this week. I think he. His, his messages to the team was he was trying to lay down like that hits principle, right? This is how we're going to play. The guys talked about it. We heard it 50 times on day one. It's that he he's making it clear what his expectations are for the team. I'm stunned that there were a couple of veterans not there. Now, we don't know exactly why they weren't there. 
but it mm-hmm. surprises me because with a brand new head coach, wouldn't you want to make a really good impression on the new guy? One would think. You would think. But yeah. you would think. But we don't know. We don't know the details. I mean, they could have said, they could have met him earlier and explained, like, I'm not going to be able to be, you know, we don't know. But I will say he's not getting ahead of himself. Eberflus is taking it one step at a time. He was asked questions about how do you think you're going to set up your locker room? And what do you, what are your thoughts about lining this guy up next to this guy for offensive line? And do you see that continuing? And he was like, you guys, it's April. Like I'm right now. I'm just trying to remember everybody's name. I'm trying to connect with them. I'm trying to show them that I care about who they are as people, as well as who they are as football players. And we're just trying to install our vision, start installing the offense, see if we can get Justin going a little bit on what he needs to learn. He's processing so much coming into his second year and they get that. And, and, it's a rebuild, you guys. They they showed up for minicamp with just over 60 players, which means they need close to 30 to get ready for training camp. Like, there's so much work to be done. This is not going to be a quick fix by any stretch. So minicamp was just that. It was a mini peek at what we're going to see from Eberflus, from the kind of coach he's going to be. We're still getting to know him and the way that he communicates. He's still figuring out the, like, head coaching thing. I think that it's, it was just kind of like a meet and greet. That's what it felt like. It was, we saw some work being done, but it more so felt like us observing what the team looks like on the field and him observing the kind of guys that he has. And, you know, he told us yesterday as he was wrapping things up, we're going to have a personnel meeting later. We're going to go through every single player, what we saw from them this week, what they need to work on. Like he's going to be super thorough. He's going to be very direct. He's going to be, but he's going to be himself. He's not a super dynamic, charismatic Sean McVay kind of got coach. That's not who Matt Eberflus is, but I think he can get their attention. And I think that they already respect him coming in just by the way that he's interacted with them. And that's what made this week pretty valuable. Now let's see what they do with the draft. Now let's see the guys that they bring in and let's see what happens for mandatory mini camp. Just if we see some of that progress in just their relationships and in the way that they're moving forward, that's what I'm hoping we'll get over the next month. Last question for me, Deanna. You do a great job uh, during the during the bear season with the Bears or pre and post game shows on ESPN One Thousand. Now you add in a, a Saturday uh, afternoon slash late morning show with a, a, a young Chicago sports uh, TV <laughs> legend in Peggy Kaczynski. I really enjoy your guys' yeah. show. You uh, you can Thank listen you. to them every Saturday from eleven a.m. to one p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN One Thousand in the ESPN Chicago app. Whenever the Sox don't play, I know the Sox are on. Uh, tomorrow at three oh five. You guys are gonna be on tomorrow. I hope we are ten to twelve thirty tomorrow. They have oh, okay. The, the White so Sox you come into my time so- on the watching the best of Soul Train, but I don't mind. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, you're gonna forego Soul Train for us, Sydney. That's very yes. kind. Yes. You could you can that's do commitments. Both. I'll allow you to do both. <laughs> so that's commitment. Yes. That's commitment. Yeah. yeah, talk to us about that show. How did how did it come about? Because I really uh, enjoy you guys. Uh, the way oh, you I... interact with each other and oh, with the callers. It's not you. just about sports. It's about relatable issues. Even people that can't relate to you, they can get it and, and relate to a, a sub a subtopic in some way. Well, thank you. Peggy and I have been friends for a decade. And mm-hmm. we when it was suggested to us that we do this, we were both so excited because we rarely get to talk. And now we have a built-in time to do that. And so 
you're just essentially hearing our conversations. This is the way we talk on the phone. We talk a little bit about sports, a little bit about work, mostly about our families, mostly about the crazy going on at home, mostly about the things we encounter. And, and it just is, it gives us a place to do that. And it's been super fun. It's, I love when we get callers. I love when people connect with what we're talking about and, and we're able to um, just get to know the listener and, and just be ourselves. It's that, you know, in sports on ABC seven, I get this much time and I have so much yeah. junk in my head. And now this gives me hours to like be able to talk about all the things that I want <laughs> to talk it. about all the time. So it's been, it's been a true blessing and a real treat. And I've enjoyed it a lot. I've enjoyed doing radio and kind of, you guys get it. It's, it's a mm -hmm. different muscle to flex yeah. than what I do on yeah. TV. So I've enjoyed that aspect of it and um, pushing myself a little bit. It's been cool. It's been really cool. You can catch her on ABC7 Chicago. Also, too, of course, on ESPN 1000 and ESPN 1000 app. You can check out the podcast of her show with Miss Kaczynski on the ESPN Chicago app every weekend. Did we get everything, Dion? You did. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Go Bulls. I hope that we yes. get a second series to talk about. We'll see uh, what happens. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, let's, let's hope, hope so. so. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Thank you very much, Miss Dion. You've been a great friend, not only to us, but to me personally, you know, working through it. various other shows throughout the years with Dean Davis, now with Second City Sports with Akina. Thank you very much. You're a true professional. You're just a true, nice person, a very oh, professional. Please. please keep it up and let's do this again soon. You got mm -hmm. it, guys. Anytime. Have you a great day. All right, take care. Be safe. All right. That's All right. 80. Once again, that was. That ABC. was uh, Dion Miller from ABC7 Chicago and ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Lakina, we have a couple of minutes left before we close up shop for hour number one. Let's get into the rest of the playoff series quickly. Uh, Philadelphia and Toronto, the other playoff series in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia, uh, Joel Embiid in game three in Toronto the other night, hit the game-winning three-pointer in overtime. Yep. Uh, I, I hate to say it, this series is over. The Scotty Barnes injury for Toronto mm -hmm. has really hurt them. They may get game four, but if they do, that's about it because Philadelphia is on the road. James Harden hasn't played that well yet, but Philadelphia looks like they're on to round two. They've actually been playing well in spite of Harden not being at his best. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, that's huge. You know, you know Matthias DeBoe has been a you know, big, you know, stepped up. You know, some of the uh, other guys from the Sixers as well have stepped up, you know, during this series. So they, they might, you know, the Raptors might win game, you know, game four to kind of, you know, extend the series, mm -hmm. make it perhaps a gentleman's sweep. But I think if you're the Sixers, also too, um, you know, Doc has now entered the 100. Um, yeah, 100 win, you know, playoff club among coaches. So he's the newest member of that club. He joins about four others, including, you know, Pop and, of course, you know, Phil Jackson. So congrats to him. But yeah, you know, as for the series, I mean, yeah, I think the Raptors might, you know, try to extend it. And that's in spite of, you know, a lot of guys, you know, like the bow, you know, not, you know, not being able to play, of course, with the, the restrictions. So the fact that it B was able yeah. to step up and, you know, a few other, you know, kind of like the, you know, other guys, even though, like, it's, like I said before, they, you know, Tyrese Maxey, especially the first yes. two games in the series. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, they've actually had guys step up. And I think you know, the, the Sixers are kind of on a mission, I feel like. And mm -hmm. also, too, like you said, just, you know, in spite of your know, heart not, you know, playing very well these last you know, couple of games. He only he had 19, but it, you know, he didn't really score much in the in the fourth quarter. You know, Maxie, you know, with 19 points, like you said, Sid. So they've been kind of been the guy, you know, Danny Green, you got to keep that, keep that temper out of control. Cause I know he was, yeah. you know, he was acting, <laughs> he wasn't acting very well in that, you know, in that third game. But yeah, I mean, I think the Sixers might, you know, might take the series. I bet they said the Raptors might extend it, but it looks like I think the Sixers probably have this in the bag. 
Uh, game three of the Brooklyn Boston series will take place tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN from the Barclays Center. Of course, the Celtics are up two games to none, holding several in their home court. Lakina, Brooklyn failed to execute down the stretch. Again, they blow a 17-point lead in game two. Kevin Durant didn't have his best game, but the other guys like Gordon Dragic and and uh, Bruce, Bruce Brown and uh, mm-hmm. Seth Curry, S-E-T-H, mm-hmm. Seth Curry. Remember mm-hmm. on our last episode on Monday, Lakina, I oh, told yeah. you those guys need to step up. They did, but mm-hmm. Kevin Durant had a wall built in front of him, and he crapped the bed in, late in game two. Yeah, he was do you think Brooklyn? 10. Do you he think Brooklyn over, will win both their home games? He, he was over 10 for that stretch, and but I, I know that you know, Durant, Durant needs help. Kyrie, mm-hmm. instead of you know giving you know the guys you know the Celtics crowd uh, the the double bird, how about you know perhaps actually helping your guy out? You know Bruce yeah. Brown, Bruce Brown, I think kind of disappeared at like the, the fourth quarter. So after he had a you know a nice you know first quarter, now it looks like Ben Simmons. You know they're saying that he might play Game Four. I'm, look, I, this is don't shoot the messenger. This is just somebody else saying that. <laughs> Other people are saying that. I mean, I, I, if you're the Nets, you better win these next two games in your home court yeah. because if not, this series is going to be over with pretty quick. So, you know, step it up, you know, Nets. And, and look, I think some people, Nets fans, are saying that maybe, you know, Steve Nash, this might be a little bit too big for him, but, you know, we'll see. And also to break your news uh, regarding that series, Grant Williams, the, the big forward for the Boston Celtics, he may play in one of these next two games. So if that's the case, Brooklyn is definitely in trouble. So regardless, Brooklyn better win the next two games on their home court. And, and that's, like I said, that game three will take place tomorrow night at Barclays Center, 6.30 p.m. Chicago time on ESPN. Let's give you the schedule for this weekend's playoff games, starting with tomorrow. Uh, Philadelphia at Toronto, game four. That's at 1 o'clock on TNT. Philadelphia, as we mentioned, lead that series three games to none. At 3.30 p.m. tomorrow on TNT, uh, game four between the Mavericks and the Jazz in the Western Conference. Dallas leads that series two games to one. 6.30, as I mentioned, on ESPN. Uh, Brooklyn versus Boston. Boston leads that series two games to none. And at 9 o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN, Memphis versus Minnesota in game four. That series in the first round. Memphis leads that series Two games to one, and for Sunday, Sunday, Sunday on Bucks ABC and, at yeah, yeah at high noon. Bucks and Bulls between, in game four, yep. and game two of the doubleheader, it'll be the Warriors. They could probably who we'll see if they end up wrapping that series up against Denver. That's at two thirty after that Bulls Bucks game. Also, too, we'll see if the Heat are going to be you know clinch trying to clinch the series at Atlanta. That's at six o'clock on TNT, and we'll see where the series is after game three tonight. You know, the Suns and the Pelicans, we'll see where that series is, you know, depending on who, you know, whoever wins game three, we'll see if they can go take control of the series. That's at 830 on TNT. All right, and that's your schedule for the NBA playoffs this weekend. So watch, enjoy, and uh, let's hope for some more great basketball. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead as you're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports Live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakini here with you. Coming up next, we have our girl, Christine Manica from KXRB Radio from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're going to get into her trip to La La Land and get our thoughts on, on the world, the sports, entertainment, and more. Lakina, also, we have to discuss the White Sox. I'll save my energy for the flip side. The Cubs, same thing. And we uh, Apple TV, it looks like Apple TV and NFL Sunday Ticket are in a permanent marriage and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports right here on SportsZone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Lakina McGee along with Sydney Brown. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Score McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. All right, Sis, let's go to you know, the diamond. And uh, I know you had a lot of energy <laughs> saved up for this. Uh, after having two games, you know, being pushed back due to rain, one, you know, will be a part of a doubleheader in July. Um, unfortunately, the Sox got swept by the Guardians. And what happened? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Tony LaRusa putting out Sunday lineups. Dallas Keuchel uh, in the, in that doubleheader game on Wednesday did not look good. Tim Anderson committed four errors in two Ugh. games. Uh, it's really been there, been there. Uh, even though we're two weeks into the season, this has really been their downfall. And uh, for the for the life of me, I don't want to overreact too much, but it, hopefully this doesn't last long, Lakina. I know it's a long season. I don't want to overreact, but Tim Anderson has to play better. Dallas Keigel is going to have to find something between what he did in 2020 and what he did around this time last year. But as we said before, Lakina, until Lance Lynn comes back, it looks like Lucas Giolito will start on Sunday against the Minnesota Twins on the road. Uh, This offense goal had to pick it up. I know Luis Robert injured his hamstring yesterday. Think of this, it wasn't as bad as it was around this time a year ago 
where he missed a chunk of a bulk chunk of the season. But this White Sox offense has to be aggressive. And if you're Tony Larusa, you have to ha- have a, a set consistent lineup and to put the uh, pedal to the metal because what this this team lacks is consistency at times. And we talked about it before. Uh, this is a station to station team, and you can't uh, uh, rely on the home run all the time. I know that the weather has something to do with it, just uh, just slightly, but you have to create more opportunities to score, create more runs. I know heading to yesterday's game, the White Sox were leading the American League in stolen bases. We talked about that on our, on our last show. We need to see more of that. Hopefully it starts this weekend with the big three-game series at Minnesota. Well, I think it's sort of one of those things where I would advise White Sox fans, look, those type of games happen. I would say, look, it's a long season. You have these kind of series where you're not going to play your best and just, you know, just put that in the rearview mirror and just try not to let it be a, a trend. So that's sort of like my mm-hmm. thing with the uh, with the White Sox. You know, Jose Ramirez, you know, he shows you why he was named AL Player of the Player of the Week. Um, you mm-hmm. know, with you know, with, um, you know, Shohei, uh, with a uh, you know. He'll say yeah, Suzuki. Yeah, we'll get to him in the in the Cubs in a second. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like you know what I mean. This is sort of you know the, the Sox are in a rut right now. Yes, the weather might have something mm-hmm. to do with it. But I, I think if you're you know just just like I said, just put this aside. You know, burn the tape of this you know particular series. You got a big one coming up against the Twins this weekend. So just you know, just you know, you've won, you've lost four in a row. I should say. Let's let's see if mm-hmm. you can get back into a groove. So you, you can do that too. Minnesota, Minnesota's actually been okay. You know, especially with some of the moves they've made, you know, you know, they're they're five and eight, but you should be able to at least win two out of three. So I, I would say, you know, this is sort of like a get right series for the Sox. Yeah, and it should be. Minnesota's five and eight right now. Carlos Correa is off to a decent start for the twins. Byron Buxton, who missed uh, the the majority of last season due to various injuries, he's starting to uh pick it back up again. Uh, like I said before, Lakina, we talked about it a few weeks ago before the season started. I don't like Minnesota starting pitcher. We don't know what the hell they're doing with their roster up there. So they're, they're trying to find mm-hmm. themselves. So uh, it, it's, I think it's a get right series for the, for the Chicago White Sox. Michael Kopech will start uh, at the bump for the White Sox tonight. I was there on his start last Saturday against, you know, against uh, Tampa Bay. He struck out five through six innings. So he's looking good. Tomorrow's starter is Vince uh, Velasquez for the twins. <laughs> <laughs> you better hope and pray that he, he can give you uh, uh, that performance that he did last Sunday after the first inning, after mm-hmm. the first inning when he gave up four runs. And so I hope you get something out of him. And, of course, Lucas Giolito will go for the Sox on Sunday. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm putting the pressure on the White Sox. They, they say they expect to win a division in the, World Seri- in the World Series, so be it. But I'm putting the pressure on the White Sox to take two out of three from Minnesota this weekend. This shouldn't be too too tall of a task to ask. Be, yeah, I don't think so. Be. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Um, you know, Target Field's been kind of like a house of horrors for the White Sox in recent mm-hmm. years. But you know, Minnesota, like like you said, we don't. Does anybody know what Minnesota's doing with their roster? I don't know. Like, does anybody? Anybody? But uh, yeah. So we'll be interested to see if they can kind of take advantage of the fact that you know Minnesota has had the best start either. So they're five and eight, like I said, mm-hmm. as this recording. So we'll see if they can kind of you know get into it. You, know, you got Michael Kopech, you know, go at the round tonight against Bailey Ober, and look, I think. This sort of uh, sort of one of those you know chances where Kobus actually been looking really good so far. You know, over is one and one with a three you know three two seven ERA. So um, I'm wondering this could be like you know this could be a pit this could probably be a pitcher's duel maybe, but 
again, I think the you know, the Sox, your know, offense definitely needs to step up and uh, don't drop the ball, TA. You know, you're not you're you're a veteran now. You're you've been doing this for five years now. You know better. But you know, yeah. hey, what can I say? <laughs> and also, uh, uh, need to have a, a big correction as far as base running is concerned. Yeah, because yeah, that was absolutely. terrible, especially that Ugh. play with Leary Garcia and Luis yes, Robert yesterday. Yes. <laughs> that is totally inexcusable. Oh, God, that was a lot of all think Sox fans want to rehash that. So, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, but on the north side, the Cubs haven't really had a, a big, you know, showing too much either. They lose their series against the Rays. They lost the opener against the Pirates last night. Their game was actually pushed back to about the same time as the Bulls game. So all you Cubs and Bulls fans, you're going to be, you know, having to you know do a little bit of flipping back and forth between uh, Marquee and uh, ABC7. But, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they've been decent, you know, the Cubs have, but I think they're starting to kind of show their shortcomings, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, with the middle relief and such. And, you know, you saw that last night with Pittsburgh. You know, who knows if Pittsburgh will still be up there. I know they've had a, a decent start, mm-hmm. but, you know, they have the same record right now. But, uh, I mean, I'm not, like, too, you know, like, invested in the um, in the Pirates, you know, for this one. But, uh, look, you know, Wizards had a good week. Uh, you know, Suzuki's been looking really good still. Mm-hmm. Wilson Contreras, I know, had his struggles last night in that game. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is with the Cubs. I mean, you know, look, at, like I said, if they're, if they're still kind of like right, you know, needling at 500, I think that's still considered a good a good um, season. So this they're kind of they're kind of going where I'm expecting them to. Yeah, this is the kind of regular I expected them to have. They're still trying to figure each other out. As I said before, who's going to uh, uh, be that guy to carry this team? You mentioned Wilson Contreras. Uh, he, he may or may not be on the training black. Who who knows? Say as Suzuki. I know he went hit, hitless the other day, but he's having a good start to his rookie season. And Marcus Stroman in his last start against Tampa Bay, he has seven strikeouts, but he gave up a lot, a lot of hits and uh, too many free like, passes. Too many runs, yeah. And, and hopefully he can straighten things out. I think he, eventually he'll be fine. And the other starter, uh, Kyle Hendricks, you, you you hope he can. Uh, find something between two years ago in 2016. As I mentioned, he gave up 31 home runs last year, a career high for him. And if he can keep the ball down and throw the first pitch strikes and, and be aggressive, uh, I think he'll be okay. Now, Drew Smiley has been a surprise uh, as mm-hmm. that uh, the third starter from the Cubs so far. He's been doing great. He won his last start. And that bullpen for the Cubs it obviously wasn't great last night as Pittsburgh came back and won. But the, the bullpen actually hasn't been that bad. It hasn't been that bad. Yeah. So it's been okay. It's not the greatest, but it's it's been okay. But for me, for the Cubs, uh, who can uh, carry this offense besides Contreras and Suzuki? Um, You mentioned Frank Trindell. He's contributed so far this week. And let's see what Ian Happ can do. Uh, I know he's one of the young guys they expect to step up. So it's all about their consistency, consistency, especially offensively for the Northsiders. Yeah, we'll we'll see if they can keep it up. But uh, yeah, I think you know the Cubs are kind of like you know coming back to earth a little bit. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. You know, talking baseball here with my buddy Sidney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Uh, what caught your eye with all of baseball this week? Because there have been a lot of you know interesting things. Um, Freddie Freeman, you know, hit a home run in his first at bat against his yeah. former team. Uh, they went three out of four against the Braves. Uh, you know, they've looked really good. You know, the Mets have looked really good so far. I think they only have like a Mac, we, we yeah, about Max Scherzer and that's starting against the Giants the other night. I did watch that game from start to finish. He almost had a no hitter, but yeah, uh, uh, with Jacob DeGrom down, 
Uh, he he's going to carry that staff on the Mets. Uh, the Mets actually they're not a bad team when things are clicking. Uh, Francisco Lindor he had a terrible year last mm-hmm. year signing that free agent deal. Uh, coming over from the Cleveland now Guardians, and it looks like he's having a nice start to the season. As I mentioned, Max Scherzer, excuse me, shut down the San Francisco Giants the other night, carried a no hit into the sixth inning. But it looks like the Mets, if they can get some consistency, especially offensively, now they'll be okay. Now with that Atlanta Dodgers series, you mentioned the Dodgers took two out of three uh, from the World Champion Braves, and Freddie Freeman had four home four. RBI in two home runs. You can tell that game meant something to him. It wasn't just a num- another game, especially with, with players uh, playing against their former teams. It's never just another game. They use it as motivation to show the old team, um, uh, why did you get away from me? This is what you get from getting rid of me. So and you could tell he was motivated by that. And the Dodgers, it looks like they're starting to pick it back up again. Yeah, the Mets, you know, going back to the Mets for a second, they were the first team to get to 10 wins. You know, Dodgers are right behind them with nine, taking it, you know, two out of three series. And, you know, won the, won the rubber match yesterday. And I feel like maybe the Dodgers are kind of like, you know, getting back to that Dodgers, you know, team. Especially with the Giants have been struggling. They're eight and five. And the Padres won four in a row. You know, yeah. the Rockies. This was giving beating nice... up a bad Reds team. <laughs> right. That, that's what that, that usually helps. Uh, the Rockies actually had a really good start, but they've had a good start the last couple of years. And, you know, you saw what happened. Mm-hmm. So, well, and they lost, you know, yesterday, that rubber match in their series. But it'll be interesting to see what how this, you know, goes in the, in the NL West. I mean, this could, you know, be, this might not be the Dodgers running their way with it. They have some pretty formidable teams that could probably be up there with them. So we'll see. Now, probably the most disappointing team for me is the Phillies. You know, they're five yeah. and eight right now. They've, they've struggled offensively, but also too, their pitching hasn't been helping them either. So, you know, they're I know the Mets have been really good for that in that division, but the Phillies, you know, we I had them going to the uh, had them going to be uh, one of the wild card spots. So, but they're not that make me look good right now. Yeah, y'all know they have uh, the, the two the uh, top two stars with Aaron Nola and Zach Reeler. Thank goodness he wasn't on the White Sox, by the way. But <laughs> I know they uh, both of them are struggling right now. So who's going to pick it up uh, um, in that starting starting five rotation? I told you last year, and it cost them. I didn't like their bullpen, and you saw what happened last year losing uh, to the Braves in, in that in the NL East race last year. So the, the, that that bullpen is going to have to pick it up again. And so let let's see what happens. You know we have. You have boppers in Atlanta with Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber, but mm-hmm. who else is going to step up to help them out offensively? So we'll we'll see what happens with Philly. Let's go back to the AL West. Of course, Oakland's starting to surprise mm-hmm. people. We saw what they did in Toronto last weekend. I know they struggled a bit against Baltimore on Wednesday, losing one nothing. But the Anaheim Angels, uh, they really took it to Houston this weekend. Shohei Otani, yeah. I watched that game in its entirety on Wednesday too. He took a a no hitter deep into the game, but he only gave up one hit as Anaheim uh, beat the Astros on Wednesday, six, nothing. I'm not saying Anaheim is going to be that team to beat, but they're getting off to a good start right now. And you're a White Sox fan. You'll see them next weekend here in yes, Chicago on the South yeah, side. Yeah. We'll see if they have to face, you know, Otani too. So we'll see if they yeah. can, if they can uh, do that. Um, I know that the Mariners and the Rangers had a really interesting series. You know, the Rangers mm-hmm. actually ended up winning the rubber match of that series yesterday. So they're, you know, the Bears have kind of struggled a little bit. So, but yeah, the, the AL West is going to be very interesting because we'll see if the, we'll see if the, the A's can keep up, be able to keep up because they, they've been playing in quite a very small crowds. I think like, you know, like Wednesday's game, they only had about 2,500 you know, people there. 
That's smaller than the White Sox. They they got seventeen thousand last Sunday, and it was cold and sunny. <laughs> right, and all well, and also too, I think last game they had like five thousand, you know, in like yesterday's game. So I, I I honestly don't know what's going on in Oakland. You know, we'll see. I mean, they I don't think they'll be able to keep it up, but you know, we'll see what happens. Now the AL East is very interesting to me because the Blue Jays have looked really good. Mm-hmm. They won, you know, two out of three in their series. The Yankees, you know, they've been struggling. You know, the the, the Red Sox and the Rays as well. Uh, I know they they won yesterday. The Rays did. So this is going to be one of those. This, this is going to be a series where, like, you could probably shake, you know, a, a, excluding Baltimore. Sorry, uh, Orioles fans. You could kind of shake <laughs> up the other four teams in that division. You could probably, you know, pull a name out, and this team will end up winning a division, and you probably wouldn't be surprised. Uh, let's let's start with the New York Yankees. Uh, they they take two out of three from the from the Tigers this week. They keep um, Miguel Cabrera at career uh, hitting two thousand nine hundred ninety nine. And I don't know if you caught the um, clip on on oh, social yeah. media, Lakina, <laughs> but the Tigers radio announcer Dan mm-hmm. Dickerson has a few choice mm-hmm. words for the Yankees. PG, uh, <laughs> of course, of course, uh, uh, he's the Tigers radio announcer, of course. Uh, with those home team calls, you're going to get some homerism, and rightfully so, whether people like it or not. Of course, you wanted Cabrera to get that uh, 3,000 career hit, but uh, that didn't happen. He's like, you need the National Guard to bring the Yankees out of Comerica Park if they walk them. <laughs> of course, uh, they, uh, they walked Cabrera in the eighth inning. Of course, the previous three at-bats yesterday, Cabrera struck out three times. Three so, times, yep. <laughs> uh, if, if you're Aaron Boone, the Yankees, if, if you pitch to me, he happens to get a hit. So be a tip your cap and move on. But I'm not sure it's going to give it to you easily. You got to earn it. <laughs> and I think Mickey doesn't mind, you know, him having to do that. He would, I think mm-hmm. he would be the, I think like the, like the 10th or 11th guy to, you know, to join that 3,500 home run mm-hmm. cl- club. So we'll see if he gets it this weekend. Uh, let me see who they play. I, I forgot who they Colorado. play. Oh, Colorado. So, yeah. So we'll see if they can, um, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if he gets it you know, this week against this weekend against Colorado. But yeah, Mickey, I think I'm sure he'll be he'll be happy to earn it. But you know that place is going to be rocking if he if and when he does hit that three thousand uh, hit this weekend against the Rockies. Yeah, uh, last year uh, Mel, um, I was going to say Melky, but uh, Miguel Cabrera got his five hundredth career home run at Toronto last year. It looks like if things go right, he'll get that three thousand hit in front of the home fans at Comerica Park in Detroit this weekend against Colorado for a big three game set it, uh, for that team. So, uh, uh, not to, uh, just we'll we'll just say congratulations to uh, to Miguel Cabrera. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to get it by the time we uh, come back here on Monday for our, for another live show. So congratulations to him. I remember him as a quote unquote skinny kid um, um, when the Florida Marlins brought him up in 2003. Of course, he played a big role in that playoff series against the Cubs, and of course, you saw. Happened with the Mar- what the Marlins did to the Yankees during the World Series of that year. So he's he's one of the best right-handed hitters I've ever seen, along with Frank Thomas, Manny Ramirez, before you met Mr. Neal, allegedly. But but uh, he's just not a power hitter, but uh, he, he can spread to all fields. You can tell he's doing that, especially at the point at the point of his career. Yeah, and you know, he should be commended for some of the numbers. Okay, I know there have been some rumors about him, okay, but uh you, you can't really deny his consistency. And I think that's been the mm-hmm. thing. The fact that he's still doing this at his age, he's in his late thirties now. The fact that he's still, you know, hitting at a high level and being, you know, a good one producer, I think he should definitely have you know get his props mm-hmm. for that. So we'll see what happens. Uh going into some of these weekend series. Now, of course, that Detroit that first game, that Detroit, Colorado series. It is going to be on ESPN Plus. So if you have ESPN Plus, 
you know, a, a streaming service, you know, make sure you guys check that out. And you got a double header on Apple TV Plus. I know you want to say something about Apple TV Plus in just a second. You got St. Louis mm-hmm. and Cincinnati. That's a 540 hour time. And the mm-hmm. late game of that on Apple TV Plus, Texas and, o- and Oakland. So for those of you who live in those four cities, if you hope to maybe see the game in your respective, you know, Valley Sports or NBC Sports, uh, you're gonna have to uh, find another find other ways to, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the way the world is going. Also, of the series uh, weekend series kicking off starting tonight, we have the Cleveland Guardians, not the Indians, at the Yankees. Um, Milwaukee, <laughs> which. One. Yeah, Milwaukee, which took care of Pittsburgh uh, this earlier this week. They'll travel to Philadelphia to face the Phillies. The San Francisco Giants will continue uh, their East Coast road trip. They'll take on the Washington Nationals. Uh, the Bo- Boston Red Sox <laughs> will travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Rays. Remember that playoff matchup in the division series last year, uh, Boston beat Tampa. And when you mentioned the Rockies and the Tigers in the interleague battle, uh, the Miami Marlins uh, will take on these, the Atlanta Braves down there in Atlanta. Of course, you have Pittsburgh and the Cubs. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays against the Houston Astros. The Astros are at 500 at 6-6 six and six to start the season. Remember, Toronto gave Houston some trouble here and there last year, so mm-hmm. this is a big series for both teams. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Of course, Baltimore will play the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim from the West Coast. Kansas City Royals, uh, they're one game under 500. They'll travel to Seattle to take on the Mariners. This should be a good series to watch, and I'll be watching this. Remember this series around this time last year? Mm-hmm. The San Diego Padres will host the L.A. Dodgers. The Padres are 9-5, and five, and the Dodgers are 9-3. and three. We'll see what gives in that series. Of course, the New York Mets will take on the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Texas Rangers will – will face the Oakland Athletics. They'll probably get about 2,000 people out there. <laughs> <laughs> probably that's the over-under at this point. Uh, the Dodgers-Padres series, there's no love loss between those two. The Dodgers end up winning the series last year. So we'll, the Padres have gone to gone to a really good start, so we'll see what happens in that series. Milwaukee and Philly. Philly has struggled. <laughs> this game is going to get the Sunday night baseball treatment on Sunday night, so make sure you guys check that out. We'll see if Philly – Well, they're Milwaukee, really desperate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Milwaukee has won four in a row, of course. You know, that's much due to Pittsburgh. That's what Pittsburgh – but we'll see what Philly does. They need to really step up You know, in, in that sense. <laughs> Boston and Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm sure Boston remembers that series um, from last year. So, you know, these old AL East rivals will be battling it out. Uh, Toronto and Houston. Houston's struggling. You know, Toronto's been pretty hot lately. So, especially this week. So, we'll see how um, how they they look. And that's that should be a really fun series, too. And I think it, it's going to be very interesting because I, I feel like this could be, you know, probably first, like, maybe eight or nine runs in each game. But, I think this will definitely be probably one of the series to watch, I think. So we'll see what happens. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Um, maybe, you know, San Francisco needs to kind of get it together because they've struggled. You know, hopefully get a get-right series against Washington mm-hmm. and, you know, Cleveland, New York. I mean, that's, you know, again, you know, Cleveland's, you know, the top team in the AL Central right now. So we'll see if they can keep it up against the Yankees. The Yankees really need to step it up, especially after all the crazies that happened this week for them. So. Yeah, should be interesting series. A lot of interesting series coming up in you know this this early in the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, you listen, like like we've been saying, you can't lose the division. Again, you can't win a division in April, but you can't lose a division in April. So I think people, you know, all these interdivision mat divisional matches, especially with the condensed season, it'll be interesting to see what you know how how some of these uh, series fare. 
All right, you're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid along with Lakina McGee as we wait for our buddy Christine Manica to join us from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Lakina, let's get into a, a little sports uh, media, media news here. It looks like Apple TV and Sunday Ticket are in a marriage. I'll, I think you have the details in front of you, but we talked about this a little bit, I believe, on our last show. And I know DirecTV uh, has held it down with Sunday Ticket for exclusive rights for the last 25 years or so. But it looks like Apple TV Plus may begin uh, starting not next season, but the season after. Yeah, it looks like in the 2023 season, they're going to have Sunday Ticket, although nothing has been official yet. But it looks like uh, Apple TV Plus will be the home of NFL Sunday Ticket, the exclusive home. I mean, look, I think people, you, know, you got the you got the Red Zone channel and various other places. I think people mm-hmm. need options, especially with Netflix yeah. going through what they're going through right now and with some of their other issues and such. I think, you know, these streaming services are you know, all the core cutters. I think they're realizing that, you know what, you'd probably be better off you know, paying a, a cable a cable subscription. Yeah. And yeah. also, too, these other add-ons. So I think this is sort of a testament to that. So we'll, we'll see what, you know, how this goes. But, uh it's it's gonna get a little bit tough but yeah i think the sunday ticket you know that's a that was a big uh thing for for uh direct tv for years that was kind of like their bread and butter so now yeah. that they're losing that now there's gonna be on apple tv plus it looks like you know nothing like i said nothing's official yet but it, it's sort of you know i think this is sort of a new way of you know new way of uh, viewing you know various you know things in 2022 I'll go national first and then local second. Now, nationally, with this new deal, perhaps basically in place, I'm thinking about NBA League Pass, NHL Center Ice, which is now part of ESPN Plus, no longer NHL TV app. And I'm thinking about MLB Extra Innings. Will they go to Netflix to save Netflix, or will they go to Hulu or some other streaming service like YouTube TV? Um, because those other three leagues, I'm sure they're looking at the same deal as well. Well, they right. go to hop on Apple TV. Like I said, these uh, companies and these professional sports, they follow trends. Well, I want to see what happens with those other three leagues and with their uh, satellite packages going forward. You just see where, where that goes. Because I think, you know, people, like I said, you know, the cord cutters are now saying, well, wait a minute, maybe we'd be better off, you know, keeping cable and adding all, mm-hmm. you know, all these add-ons like the Apple TVs and Netflix. Like you said, it's going to be interesting because I know Netflix is going to be doing you know sports docs. Will will live you know sports might be the thing that saves their rear. They're now they're now showing ads, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. After for years of, of avoiding playing ads, but they got to compensate for some of the other things that have been happening. So it'll be very interesting to see how this goes because I think this is going to be sort of like okay, <sighs> Apple TV Plus and you know NFL Sunday Ticket. You know, locally, you get, okay, you're going you're to get games blacked out anyway. Or is that going to be the same when it goes to Apple TV Plus? It's going to have all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think this is definitely going to be sort of thing to look, you know, to watch out for once, you know, things are official. But I think we got our, our good friend with us, Sid. Introduce her, please. Yes, um, she's she's back from La La Land. So she's joining us from KX, KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She's here for our bi-weekly commentary of sports entertainment and more here's our girl christine the queen manica well good day to you christine Yay. hi how are you i'm tired <laughs> 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 I'm not that. i am exhausted 
Uh, how was your trip to La La Land with the with the um, male friend? With the male friend, yes, it was <laughs> it was amazing, absolute. Oh my gosh, I I loved every minute of it. Let me tell you. So, what oh. did you guys do with some of the did fun activities that you Disneyland guys Disneyland or something? Yes, we did. So we did Disneyland. I would we, a week ago today we were in Disneyland, and then we also went to Laguna Beach. We uh, spent some time in Long Beach as well. Did a lot of stuff with his family. Monday, we were in West Hollywood, L.A. area. Saw the Hollywood sign. Um, I also saw a, a very famous person. I, I don't know if you if you would know her or not, but um, we were driving by the Capitol Records building. And across the, uh, the way, there's this place called the Avalon Ballroom. And that used to be like for entertainment and parties and stuff like that it still is um and celebrities go there quite often um we saw carol burnett outside Ooh. of it oh yes a legendary yeah. actress and co a comedian comedian yeah, yeah. oh was, yeah she was in a bright shiny orange business suit so she was <laughs> she was not hiding that she was there let me tell you oh well look i think she still lives in that area i believe she does. So, yeah she does so yeah so i think yeah and she always you know wears like pantsuits and stuff so i'm, I'm her in orange i think that's like yeah, it that makes total sense yeah. yeah it does it does it really does so uh yeah i mean you know Hollywood. Or, you know, hopefully, I'll be able to you know, travel out. I'll travel out there one day. I've never been, but uh, yeah, it sounds like there's so many different parts of LA. It's just it's crazy. Oh, it's amazing. You you gotta go. It's awesome. I'm I'm already planning my my next trip out there. Oh, um, good. Uh, I know. I know. We had to. Uh, we were up against it before the bottom of the hour. I wanted to ask Christine. Uh, did you pass anybody any uh, any of the stadiums like Dodger Stadium or formerly uh, the same formerly known as Staples Staples Center? We won't call yeah. it that name on this show, but <laughs> <laughs> so or we SoFi were, Stadium. Right. So I flew over SoFi Stadium, okay. and then I was. We were going to go to the Grammy Museum. We just didn't have time during the day, so that's right where uh, the Staples Center was. Um, I saw the Anaheim Stadium for the Angels. Mm -hmm. So that I'm was sure they had like two thousand people. Oh well, they're on right. the road this week, so they're they're, they road, didn't have yeah. anybody no, they're there. In but... Texas this week yeah. because uh, my my male friend, as you like to call him, he is, <laughs> uh, he's a uh, he's an Angels fan. So I was trying to say let's go to a game, but they were on the road, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. But they've they've been playing very good so far. They yeah. have, and uh, we got to take a really quick break. But uh, we're gonna talk a little, you know, a lot more with Christine. You got, of course, Bulls and NBA playoffs. We'll get her thoughts on that. And a legendary college hoops coach, you know, kind of shocks everybody by announcing his retirement. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. We'll get, definitely get to have our thoughts on that, you know, and ours as well. So a lot to do still with Christine Manica, Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Second Seed Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you on the other side of this break. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia 
Garcia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee and our homegirl, Christine Manica. I am Sid the Kid. You can uh, have your questions or comments read on the air by going to our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. We have less than a half hour left for this show today and for the week. Christine, let's start with you. Uh, NBA playoffs we continues tonight for our Chicago Bulls. They'll host the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 3 live on the UC tonight at 7.30 on ABC. You don't need cable or some cheap subscription service <laughs> to catch the game. You watch it on free TV. Mm. Of no, course, Chris, Mil- yeah, Chris Milton of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, their, their second leader scorer behind Giannis Antetokounmpo is out with a sprained MCL. The Bulls, after coming back in game one and falling short, they grab a big win in game two on Wednesday behind DeMar DeRozan's 41 points. Now, give us, I don't, I don't know if you had time to watch the games entirely, Christine, but give us your quick take about the Bulls. And you know, do you think they have actually have a chance of winning this series now since Milton's out? You know, the, the perks about having a, a male friend, as you like to call it, with a, with a, <laughs> with a brother-in-law that, that is just as into sports as, as as we are. He had the the Bulls game going on Easter Sunday, actually, when we were over at, at their place. Um, So I did watch it. It was awful to, to start. Like, it was mm-hmm. just brutal right. for sure. Um, Maybe it's – I thought maybe it's the pressure of actually being back in the postseason, after a while of struggling and just always, you know, not meeting the expectations is what we think the Bulls are capable of doing. So I think that was a good part of it. Um, I also think maybe they were full from their Easter dinner. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, like who knows? But, um, yeah, I was like, I can't even watch this entirely. And here's here's the best part about being out on the West Coast. The game was like, I don't know, 8.30, 7.30 time or something like that. Yeah. The game was over by like 
I don't know, 7.30 California time. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah, everything is early <laughs> on the East Coast because they're two hours behind us in the central time zone. Right. Uh, because that's Wednesday's game didn't start till like 8.40, 8.45 our time. So that's 6.30 your time on the West Coast. So, yeah, everything ends early out on the West Coast and everything ends late on the East Coast. <laughs> No oh, man, I I loved it. I'm like, this is great. That is one. Of, yeah, like one of those, like like you said, one of the person living out west. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. And well, also too, the weird thing about it is like somebody had a, a a post of where I think it was a Lakers playoff game from like the mid '80s, and it came on like at eleven, like like nine thirty Pacific time, which is eleven thirty, yeah. you know, Central time. So I actually remember it was in tape delay back in those days. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the, yeah. You know, the fact that eight thirty, yo, sorry for the Bulls. I mean, that was actually normal. This is actually yeah. normal compared to how it was back in the day. So, so what? What other series kind of caught your attention? I think it's interesting about you know Devin Booker being out now for the Suns. I th- I think they were really banking on him to kind of lead the team at least until the second round and stuff like that. And now after coming off of a really hot season. It's kind of no one really knows what the Suns are going to do at the moment. You know, that's kind of a team that's up in the air. Uh, the Pelicans, they they don't know what's going on really yet with uh, is it Ben Simmons? Is that his name? Oh, Zion Williamson. Zion. 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 Yeah. Zion, yeah. Zion. Yeah. I heard a funny press conference from him. He's like, yeah, it's a it's a day to day situation. And then they're like, so are you playing tomorrow right away? He's like, no, probably not. Like, just like straight up, like, no, not like a, we'll see. So that, that's another interesting tidbit there. It just kind of shows that it's not a, it's not really a day-to-day situation. Um, and then the Mavs, they're still in it. They they're down Luca right now. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're down one of their biggest players and they're, you know, exceeding really well during yeah. the first round, mm-hmm. that says a lot about their team too. Yeah, Jalen Brunson has definitely stepped up for the Mavs so far, along with others. Um, you know, some of the other series, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, speaking of, you know, Nets, he might actually play That's game four. It. Yeah, you know, he might actually play in game four, and they're going to need him because, you know, the Celtics are up 0-2 again. So where do you see that series? I mean, gosh. <laughs> the Nets have already had a hard time enough as it is with, with Kyrie. Is Kyrie playing? Is Kyrie not playing? Who's still on the team? Oh, James Harden is going to Philadelphia? Okay, so this dream team that we created all of a sudden is going their separate ways and our plan is kind of done. So what's the next best thing? So I think considering all the adversity the Nets have had this season, the fact that they're even in the playoffs is something. Do, do I think they're going to defeat the, the Celtics? No, absolutely. No, I, I don't think so. I think it would be it would be pretty close if they did. I think the series would come down to probably the last couple of games. But right now, I, I just think Boston, especially from the start of the season, they're just a stronger, unified team than, than the Nets, if that makes sense. Yeah, as we said before, Lakina, the South, uh, the Nets must win their two home games to have a chance oh, in the yeah. series, or else they'll be out by the time we commence here next week. Uh, 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 staying with the NBA on the lighter side for just a moment, we know that the Chicago Bulls uh, led the league in attendance again this year, both at home and on the road. Well, according to NBA.com, here's your top 15 players in terms of uh, jersey, uh, uh, selling jerseys. Okay. Number one is LeBron James. Number two is James Harden. Number three, Steph Curry. Number four, Kevin Durant. 
Number five, Jason Tatum. Number six, Joel Embiid. Number seven, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo from Milwaukee. Number eight, Luka Doncic. Number nine, John Morant. Number 10, Kyrie Irving. Number 11, Trey Young. Number 12, Clay Thompson. 13, Devin Booker. 14, LaMelo Ball from the Charlotte Hornets, which their head coach got fired today. And number 15, Nikolai Jokic. No Chicago Bull made the top 15 in terms of jersey selling. We know, we uh, especially now the Bulls are winning, we see a lot of DeMar DeRozan T-shirts and jerseys along with Zach Levine's. But those two gentlemen did not make the top 15. Your thoughts, Christine? What are you going to do? You, you know, from, from that list, that's those are the big names that are out there right now. And I think right now the Bulls are just kind of creeping back into that category. They're just starting to say, hey, we're here. We're back. So the list isn't surprising. Um, considering that the Bulls were actually winning this year, I can see why attendance was up and and whatnot. So the, the jerseys, it, it's not so surprising. But I, I would have thought maybe – we would have had like Zach Levine in there or something, but mm -hmm. next year, there's always next year. And I think we'll probably see that too next year. The fact that we'll see maybe a couple more bulls, yeah. maybe a voodoo you'll, you'll get up there as well. Because like you guys said, the bulls are actually starting to kind of get back into, into relevancy. That's probably yeah. why that we haven't seen, seen it so much. But I think, I think once, you know, you ask that question again next year, I think, you know, we'll have at least one bull on that list. I feel like uh, I have the NFL uh, here on my back here on my little chair here. And uh, some interesting uh, tidbits in the NFL. We'll start with Kyler Murray, that saga. Uh, apparently Patrick Peterson was on a, I forgot, I think he was on NFL Network. He might have been on a podcast saying that he doesn't think that, you know, Kyler will stay with the Cardinals. Now where Kyler came back a few hours later and said, no, no, no I want to, I want to stay in Arizona. I, I will, I want to win championships in Arizona. So they're in the middle of a contract, you know, not only I say dispute, but this is sort of like it was some discussion. You know, both the GM and the uh, and the owner have said that they're they're not trading him. So, what do you guys think about that situation? I don't think Kyler knows what he wants. <laughs> like we're we're hearing one time, like what was it, a couple months ago, where Kyler's like, "Yeah, I don't want to be with Arizona anymore." Took everything down off of his social mm -hmm. me media, Arizona right. related. <laughs> now all of a sudden, it's like. Oh, no, wait a minute. I want to stay. And it's like, okay, what do you want? Like, do, do you want to be on the team or do you want to go somewhere else? You know, and I think to take into consideration too, he's a young guy, you know, usually guys that age, they don't know what they want. So the fact he's kind of going back and forth, that doesn't really surprise me. But I, but I think in this business, you, you either want it or you don't. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, Christine. Like, uh, uh, of course, Kyler Murray is looking for fresh cash, and he's he may be getting some bad advice from his team, from his agent. So yeah. who knows? I won't be surprised that that's the case as well. But let's just say he really wanted a, a trade. It's not too many places that that he can actually go. I know, but before you Bears fans get on me, Justin Fields is the guy moving forward. So Kyler Murray is not coming here. So let it right. go. <laughs> but yeah. it's not too many places that Kyler Murray can go to. Yeah, will we there be a, a team here or there that could use his services? Sure. But it's not too many places that he can go like he thought because most of the starting positions are sealed up right now. We were talking about that the other day. We're like, okay, what team right now is really looking for a quarterback? Like what's a what's a spot that's open? And, it, you know, it's really – it's kind of like slim pickings at the yeah. moment. In, in all honesty, I think 
What what is it? Is it safe to say that Carolina's looking for a quarterback still? Looks like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, Carolina, that's one. Um uh oh, I I know the Colts already did name someone, but the name is slipping me for whatever. I was going to say Seattle, but uh yeah. Arizona's yeah, not training within the division, so they're no, out. No, no. Yeah, and, they're and, out exactly. So and Matt Ryan, they just got Matt Ryan. Uh, the Colts did. So that's we'll, it. That that yeah. was it. How yeah. did I forget that? So <laughs> it is strange. It's going to be strange seeing them in the Colts uniform. Yeah, yeah, I get. I guess then Atlanta. That's another option. You but, got Ryan Pace in that front office, and he might give yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals might fleece him. The Cardinals right. might fleece him. Two first rounders. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there really is, a, especially. I mean, yeah, uh, it's it's tough. And again, the 49ers, that's not going to happen either. So it's it, it's mm-hmm. really a it's really an up in the air situation for him if he were to go somewhere. Well, speaking of the yes, 49ers, speak- well, I think you, you I think Sid and I had that same thought. So go ahead, Sid. Uh, uh, we'll get to the uh, 49ers in a minute. But speaking of another quarterback that's on the move, uh, this guy may get moved by this time next week as the NFL draft commences from Las Vegas. But uh, you heard this guy on on a, on a podcast uh, discuss, discussing his last situation. Baker Mayfield. It looks like him in Seattle may be a marriage. Me personally, I still say the New York Giants are a sleeper. Dayon Jones, you should not trust him, even though uh, uh, first-year head coach uh, Daryl Gable uh, from Buffalo is the new uh, head guy over there now. They should go go after him, but I'll leave that alone. But it looks like Baker <laughs> Mayfield is expressing his interest out loud to go to Seattle. Uh, could that be the case, Christine? What is your view on your boy Baker? Ah, oh, boy. You know, he's – He's had a rough going around. I I feel bad for the guy, you know, because he really was bringing he was really bringing football back in the Browns organization. He was really, you know, starting to to show that he could be the guy for them. But unfortunately, you know, the Browns went in a unfortunate direction. Um, do I see him with Seattle? I could see it with Seattle. It's <laughs> it's going to be very difficult for him to to play in that type of a field just because when when Russell went from Seattle to Denver, that kind of made sense just because the way that the fields are, are made and the atmosphere, it was very similar. So that transition would be, would be easy, would be seamless, but going from Cleveland to Seattle, that, that could be, that could be a challenge in all honesty. And also, too, that they're not ready to to win right now because remember right. they've actually they've traded pretty much everybody you know, besides Wilson. So it's gonna be very interesting to see if if he does end up going to Seattle. I'm sure they're gonna have to give up a lot. The Browns are so yeah. we'll see. I didn't even think about the Giants. I for, I forgot about the Giants that they're kind of looking but not really looking type of thing. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. That that's gonna be it's gonna. We'll see what happens because the draft's next week, and we'll see if you know they're because they're gonna have to trade them somewhere because yeah. they, they can't keep them there. So I don't know. Yeah, that's we'll what happens when you pay Deshaun Watson all that money. Now staying with the NFC West, uh, San Francisco looks like um, wide receiver Debo Samuel has re, uh, requested a trade. I know some Bears fans want him here. It'll be a great idea, but the Bears are not ready to win, so that's not going to happen. So, Christine, I want to ask you, where do you see Debo Samuel going? Or do, or do you think it'll be a surprise that he'll stay through at least through this upcoming season? You know, uh, going back to him even wanting to be traded, 
that just tells me that he's not sure if his guy Jimmy G is going to come back. Like, like that sends a, an underlining message to me that something that something else is going on. And because you know the wide receiver guys, they when they find their match for a quarterback, they're locked in. But if something were to change, then if the quarterback leaves, a lot of the time, sometimes the the wide receivers they'll they'll go somewhere else and and whatnot. So that that's on that's saying something in itself. Do do I think he's going to stay or go, and what team would I see him on? Um, if he's looking for a winning situation, um, I would say Denver is a pretty good option right now because they're just by them getting Russell Wilson and them being kind of in it the last couple of years, but just missing it slightly. I can I can see him being in Denver, that's for sure. Um, oh boy, this is it's tough when you maybe the Chargers. I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around the California area and, and goes to the Chargers if that's where he wants to go because the Chargers, they're clearly still in it. They want a back-to-back championship on them. But then I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in San Francisco because there really isn't an option at the moment. Yeah, I keep thinking maybe Baltimore they could use another receiver. That's an idea, yeah. Yeah, him and Malamar Jackson would look real good. <laughs> that would be good. I've heard Buffalo. Some people said Buffalo perhaps. Yeah. New England, maybe some people, of course, you know, they're going to I was going to say New England, but I'm like, that's kind of a stretch. Yeah. They already yeah, got Devontae Parker from yeah, they, um, they already got. Yeah. So it'll be, I don't know. It seems like it kind of came out of, like you said, Chrissy, it could be maybe, you know, Jimmy G, you know, might, he might be on his way out too. But yeah. although everyone has said that he's not going anywhere, but we'll see what happens next week, especially. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. So it's kind of strange, <laughs> strange things going on in the NFL. Stuff. A lot of strange stuff. But also, too, uh, the NFL will be releasing its schedule for this upcoming season on May 12th, which is on a Thursday. So mark your e-calendars, folks. Yep. We know the Bears will be playing uh, uh, at least the AFC opponents, the AFC East this year. So that's the Jets, the and Patriots, the, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Dolphins, yep. And NFC oh East as well, I believe. So yep. <laughs> yep. they're gonna have a very <laughs> tough schedule the next year yep. for first year coach Matt Eberflus. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh quick, quick college hoops nugget. Uh starting with Jay Wright, the legendary coach and Hall of Fame coach from Villanova, the two-time national champion, the uh one-time coach of the year, has been a uh, like five final fours, has announced his retirements on Wednesday, kind of shocking some people. And I know there are going to be some, some conspiracy theories. Oh, he's going to go to go coach LeBron in LA. Or some people said, oh, if John Shire has a bad start down in Duke, they're going to go, he's going to go to Duke. He's been, he said, look, I'm not coaching anymore. I'm retired. He wants to spend more time. His kids are growing up. He wants to spend more time with his family. He's only, he's 60. He's been doing this since he was 21 years old, folks. Jeez. So yes, the majority so, of his life. Yeah, so I think he just probably, and I think he probably just wants to get rid of the stress. You know, Kyle Neptune, who was there for the first national championship, was a top, you know, top uh, assistant. He has been at Fordham the last couple of years. He's not going to take over as head coach. So, Sid, I'll start with you. What do you think about Jay Wright and his legacy and his retirement and what he does next? Yeah, he's built that program. We know Villanova has always been a historic 
historic program with consistency and, and winning before he even before he uh, got there many years ago. Uh, of course, uh, with his uh, philosophy and his imprint, his personality all over that program over the last several years, uh, his legacy will will remain in in high demand. Now, people forget, especially coaching, especially in college, you got to deal with the recruits and their families. And now with the NIL rule, yep. uh, I'm sure Transfers that was part of it too. He'll probably well, admit yeah. he'll probably admit that later on down the road, but that's probably a, a reason why he got out there too. Uh, you had to be uh, not just a coach on the floor, but off the floor, a parent. Uh, you had to be four or five different things. And and like you say, he's been doing it since he's 21. That's the majority of his life. So uh, you, you need a break. And like you said, some people think he's going to coach in the NBA. You have no power in the NBA. So why he wants to take that challenge on, especially in the point of his life, we have superstars and egos that make more than you and that don't respect you. No way. Why do you think Coach K from Duke, now formerly of Duke, didn't go coach the Lakers after Shaq and Kobe broke up? You have no power. You'll be out there less than a year. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I agree with that statement too. And who knows? Maybe he was re- he was planning on retiring for a while, but I think because you know the big story was Coach K's retirement. Maybe maybe he just didn't want to say anything because he's like, okay, Coach K's retiring. I'll I'll back away for a little bit, and and then I'll say. Okay, now I'm retiring. Everyone's over this Coach K's retirement. Now it's my turn. So that could be the case too. It could have been in the works for for the entire year, for all we know. Right. Yeah, you might be right about that. He had a 20 and four uh, record in his NCAA tournament, which is one of the one of the best in history. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, look, you might be seeing him in a TV set near you. He might be doing. There's already talking about be doing some you know analyst work for either ESPN yeah. or Fox or CBS. So. He'll, he'll, he's got a great personality. He's a he's a good looking guy. So I, he'll he'll definitely have his uh his pick up what you know what to do next. Especially yeah. now with Steve Lavin now going back to coaching at San Diego. You know, there's an opening there at Fox, so that could be a good fit for him. Yeah, there you go. Yep. You're listening to Second City Sports, Sports Zone Chicago, the Friday edition. We're live in the love of color. Sid, Lakina, and Christine here with you. Christine, we still have a few minutes left. We need to go over a couple more topics with you. Baseball. Uh, the Cubs are six and seven, and they lost to the Pirates last night after blowing the game up the lead. Exactly. <laughs> but the White Sox, uh, their losers are four in a row. They got swept by the Cleveland Guardians. Tim Anderson had a bad series, four errors in two games. Dallas Keiko looks like crap again. Uh, TLR, uh, Tony LaRusa, for those of you scoring at home, had his Sunday lineup for that doubleheader uh, Wednesday. Uh, I don't want to blame <laughs> everything on him, or, but we don't want to rehash yeah. that. So you talked about that about 10 minutes. Yeah, so I'll ago. leave that alone. But they got a big uh, three-game series against the Minnesota Twins this weekend. Michael Kopech pitches tonight. Lucas Giolito will return on Sunday. Christine, what are your thoughts so far in two weeks of the season for the Chicago White Sox? I think people need to remember this is only the beginning of the season, right? Like, I if you're panicking right now about this team saying that they're not going anywhere – I I wouldn't panic. And this there's still a lot of baseball left this year. Is it kind of disappointing that the Cleveland, whatever you want to call them, the Cleveland Guardians, you know, swept them? Absolutely. Like you don't want that to happen, especially, you know, within your own within your own division, pretty much. So it's it's like what are what are you gonna do? It's the games, like it's the Tigers, it's Minnesota, it's those games that you wanna. Be sure that you win, and again with Cleveland too, because you know that you're going to face them again down the road. So hopefully they're going to make those adjustments, make those corrections. I know the last time Kopech had his outing, he uh, 
he really did a great job out there. And that's a. I was there. Liam Hendricks yeah. bobblehead day in the cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He, <laughs> he, did a, he did a fantastic job. So mm -hmm. that already is a 180 from what he was doing last year. I remember telling you guys around the, uh, last season that when I saw Kopech pitch for relieving, it was awful. They they blew mm -hmm. an eight to nothing lead that day. So it was mm -hmm. terrible. So the fact that he's kind of bouncing back and showing who he really is as a pitcher, I think that's encouraging. So I think you have to find little nuggets in that to sh say, okay, there is some improvement going on. Should we blame everything on Tony? I don't think we should blame everything on Tony, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, some fans always like Stuart to do. Yeah, he he should listen more to his fellow coaches around him. Probably they are giving yeah. advice. Yeah, Ethan Ethan Cassio, like he's supposed to be their parent. So yeah, we'll see. Anything else? You know, all of baseball has kind of you know caught your attention so far in this you know first two weeks in. I I'm still well. We were watching the Yankees Baltimore game the other day. And the fact that the Yankees were losing to Baltimore, I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, this is these are the Yankees. I I couldn't understand that. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's it's Chris crazy. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they can like the White House. Hopefully they can kind of just put that series in the in the rearview mirror. They got yeah. a big one this weekend, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I I I hopefully they can figure it out, but you never know. Yeah. I want to ask Christine about the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, they lost to the LA Kings last night, but that's not the story. Your Shirley was there uh, 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 eight days ago last week. Pat Foley uh, calling in a career, 39 years as a TV voice and radio voice of the Blackhawks. No, I did not cry until I got home to do that. But it was it was a great atmosphere at the UC. Uh, Pat Foley got all the accolades, and, and rightfully so. Christine, I want to ask you about the career of Pat Foley. And what did you think the Black how the Black House handled that night last Thursday? Oh, it's indescribable. You, you know, to have a career like Pat Foley had, it's it's remarkable to stay with an organization that long. So that's an accomplishment in itself. I caught little tidbits of it because at that point I, I was flying out west. So I, I caught okay. what I could in between my flights and whatnot, but it was it was wonderful. I think they did a, a proper send-off for him. I think the fans were great. Um, I think despite everything that's happened to them this season, I think they they really took the time to kind of put those aside and, and honor a guy that's been the face and the voice for the Blackhawks for so many years. So I think they did it right. Yeah, and 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 they yeah. won too, which is even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to go to a shootout for, to win that one. I wanted to tell Christine this story. We talked about this before last week, Lakina. Uh, like I said, I was at the game, so during each break and each timeout, they had all the Chicago announcers uh, <laughs> say thank you to Pat Foley. Uh, they had Doc Embrick from NBC, formerly NBC. You know, he retired a couple years ago, and people cheered him, uh, cheered him uh, as he said, "Thank you, Pat Foley, for the great years." Blah blah blah. When they brought up Joe Bucks, uh, uh, Bucks face on this on the on the big board. Now he's with ESPN. Everyone booed him. <laughs> I told you, Joe. You either really hate him or you like him. You know. <laughs> True. It's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. 
Right. And it, 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 it's crazy that he has. That I can tell Christine would have booed him too if she was there. I'm, yeah. I'm not like that. I, I keep those to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, look, I, I like Joe Buck. I don't, I never understood the hate, but, you know, again, it is what it is. Uh, I just quick. think he harps on teams way too hard, especially, I'm going to sound like a homer, but come on. The Bears, every time they're losing, he just keeps on going after it. It's like, all right, dude, we get it. We're not that good. <laughs> well, look, 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 we all know that especially the last few years, Aben has been on the verge of swearing. Did you see? Look, we all saw that, you know, that Bears-Lions Thanksgiving game. I mean, I thought, I'm surprised he didn't swear like three or four times. So Yeah, right. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I was surprised he was even able to hold it together and give some compliments to the Bears. Yeah, he actually said I didn't know So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, also, too, uh, some sad news, you know, same with the NHL. Guy Lafleur, who was a legendary um, uh, worker for the Montreal Canadiens, who were part of those four Stanley Cups during the 70s, passed away earlier this morning. And um, yeah, I know this is a, a big, you know, big, you know, big news for you know, won the Stanley Cup five times. Of course, you're a part of those Canadian teams that won in the 70s, you know, with Maurice Rocket Richard and Gene yep. Mer- Barravo. Yeah, I think, I think, I think they're all dead now, I, I think. But he was one yeah. of those, you know, guys that are, that was just, you know, just an amazing, just, you know, great tenacity. He won the, uh, the Lindsay Award like four, like three, though, three times, uh, I, I think. You know, he also won the Hart Trophy. And, and then, and you know, once in the Smythe Trophy, you know, the most survival player in the playoffs. So, just a really great hockey legend. I just wanted to kind of you know, give that you know a little uh, rest in peace to him. You know, a nice little shout out. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I want I want to leave people laughing. I don't want didn't want to depress anybody with that news about. Yeah, like, you know, yeah sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, folks. I didn't mean to kind of bring down the mood there. But yeah, uh, Kofi Coburn, you know, has decided he's going to declare for the NBA draft. What do you guys think about that? That uh, that news. Go for yeah, it. We he... Yeah, we thought. Yeah. Oh, I was just going <laughs> to say we thought <laughs> we thought that uh, uh, he was going to take that leap last year, but uh, uh, the extra year did it for him. And uh, uh, I just hope uh, we know the Bulls are not going to pick him up. That's for sure. So he's a first round <laughs> talent. He'll probably go to Orlando or Charlotte or. I'm not going to say the Lakers, but he'll probably go one to to one of those bad teams. I'm not going to say he's the next Joel Embiid, but he could be pretty damn close. Right. Yeah. And also, too, among others, Johnny Juzang from UCLA, Chet, Hol- Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. Uh, who else? Uh, I think all the main, like, Duke guys, Pachero. I know uh, Moore just announced that he's, go- uh, he's going pro. Um, Wendell Moore Jr. So yeah, so a lot of guys are some guys are staying like Oscar Sheboy. You know, he just he you know announced that he is staying, you know, from Kentucky. You know, so you gotta get a little mixture and plus you got the extra year too again. So a lot of guys now in the transfer report are like your your guy uh Cabello from Illinois. So we'll see where he goes. <laughs> That's who you get for missing that layup against Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. Excuse me. I guess- what? Well, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I guess so. But uh, also, Imani Bates, who was one of uh, Penny's guys from Memphis, has now said he's transferring. So could be because of the stuff that's going on with Memphis. You know, we won't. We'll talk more about that as we go. Hopefully, we'll have Cassie Carlson on because she's you know she worked in that area for a few years. She's now, of course, with Fox Thirty Two. You know, now here in Chicago. You know, she's a Chicago girl. So hopefully, we can have her on at some point. We can ask her about that. <laughs> But with that said, what are you guys looking forward to this? We got a busy sports sports uh weekend here. It's gonna be 80 degrees in the shot tomorrow. Yay! Yeah, it's gonna be like oh, back in the 60s boy. after that. So 
Go go put on your tank top and shorts, Sid. You you go out there at eighty degrees. Oh I did not wear a tank top. Oh geez, okay. Oh uh, gosh, I, the Bulls definitely tonight. And then I just have laundry, so much laundry that I have to do. So I'll I'll find something to watch. Yeah, got a, a adulting. Definitely got a adulting there. You got this. Look, you got the Zurich Classic New Orleans. You know, it's sort of like you know the mm-hmm. the, the the pairing event. You know, in golf, you know, Patrick Canley and Scotty Scheffler, who is the hottest name on tour right now. They're yeah. in the top right now, so that should be a fun one as well. That'll be on uh, CBS, but uh, also too, uh, of course, the playoffs. Of course, baseball. So so much going on still. So uh, we're going through the warmer months, and a lot that's is happening in the, around sports. So yep. what about you? That's why we like sports. There's a whole lot to watch. Like I said, Bulls will be the number one uh, thing in my house next to the White Sox this weekend on my television screen. Yes, yes. I know the Hawks got a couple of games. They're finishing the season out west, so we'll check it out. Hopefully, we'll get our uh, our guy Chris Voster, the new play-by-play guy at some point, so hopefully we can have him on. But on that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Christina, where can the lovely people follow you? They can follow me on Twitter at CManica underscore KXRB. Are you on Facebook or the uh, TikTok? Yeah. I'm, I'm on. I have a professional Facebook page. So if you if you search Christine Manica, I'm in a maroon top so that's that's pretty easy to to go by <laughs> you are you on the tick are you on tiktok like some no. of the other other folks oh yeah oh good for you good for you smart, smart lady smart lady yeah, vine, vine is the original tiktok and i had a vine back then so no <laughs> good all right on that note for Sydney and Christine, I'm Lakina. This has been Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago. If you're not going to get vaccinated, wash your hands and be good to each other and enjoy the sports, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Only the Bulls. Holla! <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs>